Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play full time fantasy. Full time fantasy. It is full time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis from Full Time Fantasy. I will be here. For the next two hours, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern solo here today. But there is so much to talk about. We will cover baseball, football, and basketball today. We will talk about a recent Play FFWC online championship draft. We'll talk to one of the participants in that league, John Path. We know him as Truck. He participates in a lot of our events. He was out in Vegas last year, so he did a recent online championship draft, pick it from the four spot. So uh, we will talk to him coming up at 2.20 p.m. Eastern. Then at 2.40 p.m. Eastern, I'll be joined by Matt Bodica from TheAthletic.com. Plays in a ton of high-stakes baseball leagues, so we'll talk baseball with him. And then, of course... NBA free agent frenzy. It's not stopping. We're getting signings throughout the day. It all started yesterday at 6 p.m. Eastern. So Frank Stample of FNTSY, he will join me at 3.20 p.m. Eastern as we break it all down. Don't forget you can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88 and find all my work on fulltimefantasy.com. Just posted an article where I recap the FSGA draft that I was a participant in last week in New York City. It was a 14-team league PPR format, and I picked from the two spots. So run down my team, my thoughts and strategy as I built the team. Also pointed out a couple things that you should not do in these drafts. I thought there were a lot of mistakes in the draft uh, from taking two quarterbacks way too early. This is a league where you can't trade. So I always say this at this time of the year, but you got to know your league rules. It's very important. You know, every league is a little bit different. And I play in a multitude of leagues where the leagues are different rules. You know, this was a 14-team league, PPR format, scoring typical. You start one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, a flex, a kicker, and a defense. Also, they said you had to draft a starting lineup because I do believe if you are in a league now where you – can go to the waiver wire before the start of the season. That's the key. And, and this is where you have to know your league rules. If you do have a waiver wire period before the beginning of the season and you're drafting now, and I know a lot of you aren't, but there are some leagues that are drafting early in July, and maybe you're in late July, early August, where we still have the entire preseason to go through. I think that you you don't have to draft a kicker or a defense. You know, you're always going to find them on the waiver wire. I think many of you who are savvy stream defenses week to week in most leagues people are not going to own two defenses now maybe in a league with 20 roster spots or more yes it's possible but for the most part I want as many lottery tickets on my roster right now that I can have you know I want that backup running back that there could be a injury in the preseason at practice in a game and if I have that handcuff as I did in this draft 
Now I don't have to go to the waiver wire and spend 25 to 40% of the budget. And it could be more. I mean, we saw Philip Lindsay after week one last year go for 40 to 50% in a lot of leagues. Now it is obviously something that paid off, but wouldn't it have been better to draft the Lindsay? And I know he didn't go in a lot of leagues last year. I almost took him. Uh, we were out in Vegas for the beat Adam Ronis league. And if you want, you can join us. There's still time. Uh, early September, first weekend, uh, that Thursday through Sunday, first NFL weekend, I'll be out there. And uh, I had the number one pick in that draft, so it was round 20. And, you know, people expected me to just make a pick, throw it against the wall, and they're waiting for me. Like, come on, finish the draft, even though that draft was really fast. But I was debating, and Philip Lindsay came to mind, only because I had read about him in the preseason, how impressed the Broncos were with him. And I, I expected Royce Freeman to be the guy who starts. But I thought about taking Lindsay. Ultimately, I didn't. But that's the point is you want to take some of those guys now. And look, if it doesn't work out, you just cut them after week one. We all are going to cut guys from our roster in week one. There are going to be a couple of players that emerge that come out of nowhere that have big performances, injuries. But the point is you don't need to stack your roster with two quarterbacks now. You don't need to have two tight ends. That maybe you do depending on who the tight end is. But I didn't do it in this draft. But the point, I just wanted to take as many shots as I could at running backs that could emerge into a bigger role. So you can read that recap now up at FullTimeFantasy.com. If you're not a member, enter the promo code RONUS50 to get 50% off your first two months. Uh, look at the waiver wire for Fantasy Baseball from Sean Childs. Uh, Dr. Roto has a FFWC draft review uh, as well. And uh, in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs. They continue his latest as a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as uh, he's getting... Almost done there in that NFC. You can also ask your questions on the message boards in the forums. Yes, you know, it's going to be a lot more football coverage, but we will have you covered for baseball. If you have any questions, go to the message boards and forums, ask them there. And a ton of drafts also coming your way. PlayFFWC.com. We got a draft tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, a starter best ball draft. Seven spots remain in that one. It's a 24-round draft with a 90-second clock. So you don't have to do any management. All you do is draft your team, and that's it. This is like the greatest preparation for your real drafts, and you could also win money in the process. Uh, we also have drafts tomorrow. There's a uh, three spots left in a draft-and-go best ball league. It's 28 rounds, 75-second clock. Uh, that's 99 bucks to enter. Three spots left at 9 p.m. Eastern. There's a starter full-season league tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern, $35 to enter. And we have an online championship on Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. That's 299 to enter, but the payouts are nice. $50,000 grand prize, and the league prizes range from anywhere from 1800 to 2494 So plenty of drafts, formats that you can be a part of. So check it out at playffwc.com. As uh, now we are into July, it is July 1st, but... Uh, let's talk some baseball here to kick it off, looking at some of the top stories from the weekend. And, you know, one of them to me is the play of Shohei Otani. I feel like he's kind of not really being talked a lot, a lot. And, you know, I was concerned about Otani going to the year because I didn't know exactly how the Angels were going to utilize him. Was he going to play twice a week, three times a week as he rehabs from the Tommy John surgery? We knew he wasn't going to pitch this year. But, man, he is tearing it up. Two more home runs over the weekend. Now has uh, 12 home runs on the season. And uh, he, he's a great hitter. When you look at what he's done so far in his career, I mean, he went pretty 
pretty late in drafts. I know there was a bidding war for him in one of my auction leagues, but Otani has been a great hitter and has gotten the job done this year. If you waited around for him, I mean, he's a big boost to your fantasy team right now as you know, the Angels lineup also has Justin Upton back. And it's been a fairly productive lineup, but Otani's hitting 299 this year, 356 OBP, 552 slugging, and 47 games. He's got 12 homers, 35 RBIs, 25 runs, and the four stolen bases. And you know he's cut down his strikeout a little a rate a little bit from last year. It's still 25.3 percent, but it doesn't matter in this environment. You'll take that. You know the walk rate's 8.2 percent, but man, he he's just been great so far in his career, and kind of no one's really talked about it. Uh, he's hitting the ball hard, a lot of line drives. What's crazy is he doesn't hit a lot of fly balls. Uh, and his home run to fly ball rate is an unsustainable 48%. Last year it was 29.7%. So for his career, it's 34.3%. Uh, and that is a, a large number. But we are looking at someone who does have in his career now 500 at bat. So his career numbers, you know, 290 average. 34 homers, 84 runs, 96 RBIs, 14 steals, over 500 at-bats, over 161 games. So he has just had a, a another great start to the season and has really helped fantasy teams out tremendously and really not getting a lot of pop right now. Uh, one of the other big stories from the weekend was Blake Snell. We talked about him last week and went over it, and uh, he basically has essentially the same numbers from last season. You know, a lot of people worried, and I said, you know, if you could buy low. I didn't know if you could buy low. I doubt most people were selling on him, especially the price you paid. We knew Snell was not going to be as dominant as last year. We kind of had this discussion a little bit about Jacob DeGrom last week and the expectations. You know, you don't expect a pitcher to have an ERA under two, and Snell had a 1.89 ERA last year, but he certainly is not as bad as he's been pitching. You know, one of the big factors and this has been a case for a lot of pitchers is the increase in home runs and a lot of that has to do with the juice ball I mean clearly is I mean some of the swings that guys have taken and watching the balls go over the fence you just shake your head and go really how is that a home run and pitchers have kind of talked about it with the grip on the ball being a little bit different but if you look at Blake's now going into that start over the weekend you know a lot of the numbers were the same the underlying numbers and there were, unless he was hiding an injury, which is always a possibility with a pitcher, you know, I didn't really see a major problem with Blake Snell. And I'm someone who, who doesn't own Blake Snell. I, I didn't draft him this year. Uh, you know, he was generally a second-round pick, and you know, I wasn't going to pay that price tag for the most part. I really didn't take pitchers in that range. You know, I did take Jacob Degrom late first in a couple leagues, uh, but for the most part, I was kind of more in that third, fourth round. If I was getting a pitcher early and Snell eluded me in that process, but it was good to see him bounce back and have that big performance yesterday with 12 strikeouts because he had three really bad outings in a row. And yes, the Yankees were one. He couldn't get out of the first inning. Twins obviously tough when they, you know, have a lot of right-handed bats in there, but you know, Snell came into yesterday's game with a five one ERA, but the fifth and the X were both solid at three, four, seven and three, two Oh. So, I mean, if you were looking at that, you probably figured, okay, he'll be better. I mean, last year he had a 31.6% strikeout rate. This year, 33.3%. The walk rate last year was 9.1%. This year, 8.3%. And, you know, the whip uh, was 0.97 last year, 1.28 this year. What a 354 batting average of balls in play is certainly unlucky. He's got a 294 career mark. 
and the strand rate too. Well, last year it was fortunate, and, and this is just like a huge disparity. So you look at the batting average of balls of play last year, 241. This year, 354. So we knew it would swing north, but that is insane. Last year, 88% strand rate, crazy high. This year, 66.5%. And that's low. It should be higher. His career mark is 75.6%. So it's a mixture of some poor luck. I mean, his hard hit rate is fine. The velocity is fine. So that was the one thing. It's You never know with pitchers, okay, are they hiding an injury? And you're always worried about it. How many times do you hear after a pitcher lands on the injured list, yeah, I've been experiencing this pain for a couple weeks. I didn't think it was that bad. I tried to pitch through it. It happens all the time with players. So that would be the one thing that... I was a little maybe concerned about with Snell. You know, he had the start against Anaheim, three and a third, five hits, four runs, three of them earned, four walks and three Ks. Then the Yankee game, couldn't get out of the first inning, six runs, four walks. And then against the Twins, three and a third, 11 hits, seven runs, a walk and four Ks. And again, there had to be a, a little bit of panic. But again, if you dig deep and looked at the underlying numbers, looked at the velocity, it said, all right, he'll be fine. And he bounced back. Against Texas yesterday, six innings, three hits, two runs, uh, no walks in 12 Ks. I mean, it's the first time he's reached double-digit Ks since May 12th. So definitely a good sign there for you Blake Snell owners as he bounces back in a big way to give you a big performance. We saw his teammate get called up uh, a few days ago, and obviously he was a hot waiver wire pickup. We'll talk about some of the prices on those pickups later on in the show, but McKay was uh, really good in his first major league start. Six scoreless innings, one hit, one walk, and three strikeouts. So uh, he's going to get another start this week against the Yankees. Obviously, the innings are a big factor with him. Uh, we know he might get some opportunity to hit as well. He's also someone uh, that uh, is like Shohei Otani and does both, although the numbers offensively at AAA were really not that impressive. Uh, but the innings are, are something to keep an eye on. He threw 41 and two-thirds at double-A, 25 innings at triple-A, and is now up with the Rays. Maybe get sent down during the All-Star break. You never know with the Rays, but uh, I did put in bids on McKay. Wound up landing him in one league. That was the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational Championship League, where I spent 137 and part of it is I had the third most uh, money left, as a lot of people are low. Also, uh, the team's in dire straits right now, especially with pitching. I had a lot of pitchers overachieving that have come back to the pack. Uh, some injuries, you know, have had lost Clevenger for most of the year. He's back, but obviously he got pummeled the other day, just lost Cole Hamels, lost Frankie Montas to the suspension. So it's basically like, you know, take a shot. It might not work out. You know, he might get sent back, might be limited, but certainly looked good in his first start. Had good numbers in the minor leagues, and he is on a good team too. So figured I'd take the shot on him, and he was probably the guy that went for the most money this weekend. We also did see another young arm get called up or, or going to get the call. That's for the White, White Sox. That's Dylan Cease, who's going to start game one of a doubleheader this week, Wednesday, for the White Sox against the Detroit Tigers, who are one of the teams that you want to go against right now. It is an offense that you want to pick on. They have not performed well. And I think a lot of White Sox fans and fantasy players have been waiting for Cease to get the call up, and it's finally going to happen. He's 23 years old. He came over in that Jose Quintana deal. Now, the numbers at AAA this year do not look very good. 4.48 ERA, a 1.57 whip, 73 strikeouts and 32 walks and 15 starts at AAA this year. So you're definitely concerned about the walks. 
Now, last year, he was dominant between high A and double A with 160 strikeouts, a 2.4 OERA and a 106 whip. So, you know, we see this at times that pitchers are working on things in the minor leagues. Maybe their board feel like they should be in the majors. So the bottom line is, uh, you know, he is a, a top prospect. And uh, I do like the spot this week against the Tigers. I picked him up in Tout Wars for $57. I had 431 left. I think that was the second or third highest amount of fab left. So I thought, you know, that would be a, a decent number to get him. And in that league, I also lost Cole Hamels. And the rule in Tower Wars is if you pick up a player, they have to be in your lineup that week. So I didn't mind it against Detroit for this week. And we'll see. Uh, the, the indication is he's going to stick around and stay in the rotation. But again, with all these young arms on teams that are out of it, especially for the White Sox, they'll certainly monitor his innings. So something to keep in mind. Also, if you're setting your weekly lineups, you know, one game is underway this afternoon. Toronto leads Kansas City 8 nothing in the fourth. But uh, Jordan Alvarez will not play on Tuesday and Wednesday in Colorado. No DH. So if you're in an NFBC-style week, take him out of the lineup for the beginning of the week because he will not play. When we return, we're going to talk some fantasy football. John Path, who was in the online championship draft in the FFWC the other night, we're going to talk about his draft. That is next here on Full-Time Fantasy. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the 8th Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronas solo here today on Monday, July 1st. Can't believe it. Half the year is in the books. It is July, which means football is getting closer. So if you're not 
prepared for your draft yet, you better get started now, man, especially if you're playing in a very competitive league. So head on over to fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50. Get 50% off your first two months. And also head on over to playffwc.com to get in the draft. And we've had a lot of drafts take place already. And we had an online championship draft the other night on June 28th. And one of the participants joins us now. It is John Path, a.k.a. Truck. What is up, Truck? Hey, Ronis. How you doing, bud? How was the vacation? I was good, man. I was in Barcelona and Ibiza for those that didn't see. Put a lot of those pictures on uh, Twitter, Facebook, social media, on Instagram, Aaron88, some videos. So, yeah, Barcelona was a nice city. Uh, Ibiza was nice. I had never been to Europe. It was my first time. Oh, good, man. That's awesome. Yeah, pictures look great. You ever been any anywhere in Europe? Uh, no, no. I had a layover once in Germany for uh, for work, but that was about it. They had a casino though in the, in the airport, so that worked out. Nice. Yeah, I figured you would be there. So, is the reason you've never been to Europe is because that this is what happens when you get married and you can't control what you're doing? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, I'm not going to argue that point at all. By the way, so I always call you truck. And when I was trying to send the information to the producers today, I couldn't remember what your real name is. Fortunately, Scott Atkins forwarded me some participants in this draft with their name. I'm like, wait a second, what's his name? Because I know you as Truck. Yeah. Well, my kids know me as Truck. They don't call me Dad. They don't call me John. They don't call me anything. Do they, they really? They call you Truck? My kid always asks me, why do they call you that? And I said, it's a long story. Don't worry about it. So. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that you seem to hide from your kids. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I'm just kidding. In case they're listening, it's a joke, all right? I don't want to I don't want to get you in trouble cuz some people take everything at face value these days. I know. Everyone's a little overly sensitive uh, nowadays. Uh let's talk about this draft. So some people don't like to draft early. They say, "Oh, it's June, it's too early." What are the benefits of of drafting, you know, two months before the season begins? Well, the reason I signed up for an earlier draft um, was I had success last year. I think I was I did an early draft in late June or early July, and I was able to get McCaffrey at at two twelve or at, 20, at overall twenty four. So a couple of months later, he was going in the top eleven. So there was definitely value there, and I was able fortunate to have Gurley, McCaffrey, and then I took an, another running back with the first overall pick last year. So. Just having McCaffrey at that value, um, hopefully I'll be able to duplicate that success because I think that team did pretty well. I know I won the, my 12-man league and then didn't finish in the top 20 overall, but it was it was up there, though. It was a pretty good pretty good team. Yeah, and judging from your September draft that we were in together, you're right. Maybe you are betting yeah. you're off drafting early. Yes, yes. That John <laughs> Kelly, that, that that pick of John Kelly at the end when you got all upset didn't really work out that well. So. No, it actually did it. Even though, well, no, wait. <laughs> For those that uh, are like, what are you talking about? We, he, John was at the uh, beat Adam Ronis League in Vegas, and we're, and we're friends. Uh, we talk a lot. So I had the one pick. He had the two. I had Todd Gurley, and uh, they decided to take uh, John Kelly right before me. And I was kind of upset, thinking he was the handcuff. And you know, that's a good point to bring up. You know, a lot of people. Nowadays, like, oh, you have to get your handcuffs. But a lot of times, we don't know who they are. And I still think there's some situations right now where we don't know who they are. So is it that imperative to get all your handcuffs or even your, your top guy in a 20-round in a draft? Yeah, no. It, when, 
going into this draft and all the best, I mean, all the drafts I've been doing, I did a couple of full seasons already, and I really have not handcuffed at all, this being this early. Um, that could strategy could change as training camps start and people are getting dinged up in practice or preseason games. But as of right now, best available information, if, besides obviously Gurley, um, it seems like everyone's pretty healthy for the most part. So I, I haven't really gone that strategy at all, handcuffing. Yeah, and of course, this is also a league where there are waiver wire moves, so uh, you can do things throughout the season. Now, you had the third pick in this draft, and for those not familiar, it's a 12-team league, PPR format. What's different in the Fantasy Football World Championships is we have an extra flex in the starting lineup. One quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, two flex spots, a kicker, and a defense. So the starting lineup's expanded. Uh, what is appealing about that format for you with the extra flex spot? I definitely I like it a lot because it it definitely brings more there's more importance on the draft in my opinion. I know every, there's a lot of players people haven't heard of yet that will be needed throughout the year, but if you can really focus early on the draft, I, I really think it brings more value because it makes it that much deeper from a starting position standpoint. Yeah, I agree. You can I... definitely you, you can definitely tell when you have to start 11 guys as opposed to 9, you know, how much more valuable rounds eight through 13 are because you're really drafting starters at that you're still drafting starters possibly at that point definitely i mean i've been doing it in my home league for years it's 14 teams and we have the extra flex spot so when i came over and saw that these guys are doing it i was really happy about that because i think you should be rewarded for those picks that you hit on in the middle rounds i mean you see some of the questions we get on the message boards in the more shallow league and it's like oh my goodness you guys are, are benching like you know a top 25 receiver because you got them late and you just have studs and I don't know to me that's just not fun I mean you should be rewarded for your knowledge yeah no I agree it definitely um but also just one of the things I wanted to get out there is um definitely go to Vegas if you can it's probably the best drafting experience but it is also very different more challenging much more difficult than drafting even online in the same tournament so in the same uh format that we uh, that we have at ffwc well it is definitely a great time and you know you've been out there the last two years uh i've out, been out there the last two years since i came over and it really is a good setup it's a lot of fun we all hang out and i think it's part of the reason it's difficult number one we have really really good players who are knowledgeable but also in september everything is out there i mean we're drafting after the first game of the year on Thursday night for those next few days. So that changes things a little bit, especially if the players go off. And it's just everything is out there by then. And you talked about the advantage of drafting now. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a perfect example because I did see him go late second round at this time last year. And all the buzz built. And then he was going sometimes 7th, 8th, ninth overall. So I think that's the one of the biggest reasons why is that there's so much information out there by the time we get to Vegas. Yeah, I'm hoping I have the same scenario with my third-round pick. Uh, hopefully he's the next uh, Christian McCaffrey, so we'll see. Yeah, well, good luck with that. I mean, that was a, an unbelievable season. We're talking to John Path, a.k.a. Truck. He was a participant in a Play FFWC online championship draft last week. Uh, pick at number three overall, so... You know, we see in most drafts, depending on the order, it's McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, and Kamara. Is it that close for you with all four? How do you rank them? And were you happy to get Zeke at three? Yeah, I was happy. And when I was a little surprised, McCaffrey went, not surprised, but 
that game, when McCaffrey went one, I had that ten sense of, false sense of hope that Barkley may go to three, but he didn't. Obviously, being a Giant fan, that would have been ideal. So, but I was fine. I was happy with any of those top four. I do have Kamara fourth in my in my rankings so far this year. I just think the volume that Elliott gets, especially in the passing game that emerged last year, I couldn't pass that up at three. Were, are you all at all concerned that I think there was a report that Zeke's going to meet with the commissioner, I believe, this week for to discuss that incident in Vegas? I mean, I don't think he should be suspended for it, but it's the NFL, so you never know. Uh, when you see that, does that change if you were doing a draft tonight? Would you say, you know what, maybe I'll move Zeke to four, or would you make the same decision and take Zeke third, thinking it's not a big deal, he doesn't get suspended? Yeah, I didn't really hear much about a possible suspension before this draft, so I just felt best available information, just go ahead and take the player who I thought um, would, you know, would, would be the best value at that point. So, no, it didn't come into play at all in that decision. Yeah, I had uh, my draft the other day, I had the two pick, and McCaffrey won one. I took Barkley over Zeke, so you know, a lot of people think, oh, you're a Cowboys fan, how can you pass in Zeke? fantasy man um but are you i am a little concerned the one concern i have about barkley is when you look at the top four picks he's in the worst offense and you could say well he did it last year but there's no beckham there you know beckham opens things up he you have to he commands a lot of defensive attention is there any concern that barkley maybe has a david johnson s season with a, a changing quarterback during the season yeah definitely that's I definitely agree, especially being a Giants fan as far as when you're trying to plan for fantasy. Is, um, is what, are you, what are you going to do with Shepard or Tate if they make a change to Daniel Jones in week six? I mean, is that really going to affect them? Is it going to help them? I mean, we really don't know. I mean, I, I, I almost took Daniel Jones at three overall just to be consistent with what the Giants did. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I doubt you're doing that when you're putting some money down here. If this was free and you're messing around, I could see you doing it. But, uh yeah. You're putting some money on this. I doubt you're doing that. So you came back in round two with Damian Williams, and Williams seems to be polarizing. I think there's people who think he's not going to work out. Others are like, he's in the Chiefs offense. We saw it last year. So obviously you're pretty high on Williams. Uh, talk about what you like about Damian Williams. Yeah, really like what you just said. I mean, I couldn't really pass up. Based on the running backs that were left, I was looking at Mac Williams, or Jones at that pick at two not realizing I'd be able to get one of the other three on the next round, which I did with Mac, but I just really couldn't pass up that offense, that scheme, that quarterback, just bigger. I mean, even with the Tyree kill suspension, he's still going to get his touches. I know Carlos Hyde's there, but he has never proven to be able to stay healthy or um, throughout the season. And even if he just does 70% of what he did the last three weeks of the regular season into the playoffs, that's still worthy. I felt of a second round pick. You mentioned you follow it, Marlon Mack. Uh, now, was your plan, you know, how do you come in with, with this? Uh, did you say, I want to take three running backs? Do I want, you taking best player available? You know, what's your strategy going in? Because a lot of people ask us, and I say, you can never have a pre-save plan. You can have a blueprint, but you got to be flexible because some curveballs are going to be thrown your way. I don't see myself starting a draft this year with three straight running backs, but I am actually recapping this draft, and it should be up tomorrow, so I got some harsh words for you. No, no, no I don't. Uh, but I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't see myself uh, starting a draft with three running backs, but I, I see what you did here. Like, it makes sense. 
Yeah, so the, so basically my line was I never expected team one to go wide receiver, wide receiver, knowing he wouldn't get another running back for another 40, you know, 24 picks. So I didn't, I didn't think Jones and Mac would both be available at, at my selection at three, three. So when, after Jones, I know carry you know, he has a lot of hype and he's going to be expected to do well. And Henry had a monster postseason, but both their court, both their offenses are not really appealing. So Jones and Mac are, have two great quarterbacks, two good offenses. One's in a dome. Once it passed Jones level, I couldn't, I didn't really like who my third running back would be knowing I didn't have a wide receiver, knowing I was going wide receiver in four and five, regardless of what I, of who I took at that point. I just wanted to take the guy in the best, one of the best offenses with a great quarter, top three quarterback in a dome, especially in a dome too. So that's why I chose Mac over Jones. But if Mac and Jones were both gone, I was going to take uh, Adam Thielen or Keenan Allen at that point. Yeah, Keenan Allen went uh, two picks after you. I thought that was a good value too. And it's interesting because three teams in this draft started at three running backs. Only one team started three wide receivers. And I feel like two, three years ago, it would have been the other way around. So people definitely taking running backs early. As we saw, 19 running backs go in the first three rounds. Only 14 wide receivers, of course. That includes three tight ends. Talking to John Path, a.k.a. Truck, about his draft in the online championship the other night, playffwc.com. You can head over there now if you want to be a participant. Uh, so your top receivers, Calvin Ridley and Mike Williams, both really good last year. Uh, but do you feel good about them as your top two wide receivers, or do you say, hey, I got three really good bell cow running backs, so I understand the receivers are not going to be the typical one and twos that you have in a 12-team league? Yeah, when I took Ridley, I just really didn't want to risk not getting him. He's one player that I just wanted to have on my team, especially the way I started with those three running backs. I know the the probably more – correct pick or the better pick would have been Tyler Lockett and then maybe Ridley on the way back. But I didn't want to take that chance. I just said, I really like him. I've been saying it for the last month or so. I want him on this team. So that was really more of getting a my guy pick. Um, the value really was Tyler Lockett to, uh, to make right there. But since Galladay was gone and Godwin was gone and Moore was gone, I just really wanted to make sure I had Ridley. And then prayed that Lockett would make it back knowing who, knowing team one took Three, uh, two wide receivers going down. Um, but it didn't work out that way, but I was happy with Mike Williams on the way back. So once I took those two wide receivers, I, I had a certain strategy that I wanted to uh, play out for the rest of the draft. So, Well, you're, you've been in this format before. You know how people wait on the quarterbacks. You decided not to. You went with Andrew Luck in round six. Was that a case of you think he's going to have – a great season. I think most of us do. I really like that team, the offensive line. Was it a case of, you know what, I really don't like anything else on the board, so I'm going to take the quarterback because, I mean, you knew. I mean, the eighth quarterback off this board went in round 12, so you know how this works. So what was the strategy in taking Luck in round six as the second quarterback off the board? Yeah, I'm really high on Luck this year. So with having the three running backs, I knew my wide receivers were going to be weak. So in order to help offset that, I wanted to have a top two or three quarterback. Um, I knew I could have waited uh, for Rodgers or Watson or Mayfield, but he was on the board. I didn't want to take the chance of not take some, maybe someone taking him in rounds. I thought he would have been a good pick at round seven for someone on the way back, going back down. Um, so with that running back strength, I wanted to have top 
a top uh, quarterback and running backs and just take as many wide deep threat wide receivers. That was my focus. I was taking a lot of home run hitters, um, like Will Fuller, Moncrief, Zate uh, Jones. So I just, with all that risk at wide receiver, I wanted to definitely take a, a top two quarterback. Yeah, I mean, looking, there's, there wasn't really anything that stood out. Maybe Christian Kirk, maybe a tight end, uh, you know, maybe an O.J. Howard, an Ingram. I'm not sure where you stand on them, but uh, I kind of see the this uh, strategy there. So what was your uh, best value pick of the draft, in your opinion? Uh, I really like Edo Smith. I know I probably took him earlier than his ADP, and I like Herndon, too. I know he suspended the first two weeks, and I didn't take a second tight end. But I really think once the, he's back in week three, and probably my strategy, you know, is just take as many deep threat wide receivers. I took seven or almost seven or eight wide receivers. See who gets injured or so, if someone gets banged up. You know, I'll have that one of those to drop for the first two weeks to fill in at tight end. So, um, but I really like, I really do like Eda Smith. I mean, Freeman hasn't played a full season ever. So, and, you know, Tevin Coleman's gone and he did fill in admirably. So I really like that pick. All right, that is Truck John Path, a frequent participant in our drafts. Thanks a lot for the time, man, and uh, we will talk soon. All right, bud. Thanks. When we return, we'll wrap up the hour with Matt Modica from The Athletic Talking Baseball here on Full-Time Fantasy. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number 1. Me personally... I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here today, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. 
If you are serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. And Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Joining me now, a frequent guest on this show to talk some baseball. It is Matt Bodica from theathletic.com. Matt, what is up? Oh, happy Monday. Happy Canada Day. And, and that's, uh, you know, let's get this week started. Yeah, very light schedule today. We do have some afternoon baseball, as you mentioned, Canada Day with the Blue Jays uh, at home today against the Royals. Uh, but seems like a lot of teams, five-game weeks, teams are off on July 4th, including the Mets, which is probably a good thing, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, I, I went to the game on Saturday, and you kind of sit there, and you know, once the starting pitcher exits, you know you're in trouble. And then obviously that was a rain-delayed game with Mets. Only going two innings, but I know the Mets won yesterday, but, man, this team is a disaster. Yeah, I mean, just like when you thought it couldn't get any worse, the Mets find new ways to just, you know, I guess Mets, that's what they do. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to watch right now. I mean, I know we have a lot of fantasy players on that team. Somehow this team has three all-stars, too, but, uh, you know, I guess the big question is, do they trade Zach Wheeler? Like, what do they do at this point? Uh, I think Wheeler ha- is going to get traded. Uh, I think that's seeming evident now. I mean, I know they don't want to wave a white flag, especially with Bernie Van sold the ownership on, but it's reached a level where, you know, they got to pretty much go like 18-7 and seven over the next 25 games or something to get back in. Which I don't really see that happening. Yeah, and Fab this weekend, it seemed like it hasn't been as crazy as recent weeks. Obviously, Brendan McKay was the big name there, and a lot of people have less money. Uh, what was the common players you attacked in Fab this weekend? Well, I started with McKay. I mean, I really don't have the money to be competing in what he was going to go for in 15 teamers. I did get him in the 12 team. For $23 with a runner-up bid of 15 my other 12-team league, he went for 230 So, I mean, I don't, I don't I really I, – I never understood the 12 as far as bidding. But uh, that was – you know, I was in on that. Aaron Bummer was the guy for me this week uh, in most places. I think he does uh, get that role when Colome is traded. This is a team of the future. This is a year to set it up. And I think he's the guy they want to put in place. And a couple other guys I got some shares of was Garrett Hampson. I got two shares. I think he, you know, could be a difference maker if he ever finds every day at bats or bulk at bats. And Manny Margot to try and get some speed going because Will Myers is MIA currently. Yeah, Myers barely playing lately. Margot is playing well. You brought up Hampson. It looks like Trevor Story could return tomorrow. I know he had a couple rehab games over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You think there's any shot Hampson – gets the opportunity at second base? I think maybe he goes back to a platoon with uh, McMahon 
and see how that goes. But, I mean, he's just an opportunity away. Even in the outfield, you can play some outfield. It's just the speed that, you know, I'm going to chase. And if it's only going to cost me a few dollars, why not do it, uh, especially that he plays in Colorado's home games. I know he was terrible in the first half, but we saw in the last week or so he did some nice things. And, you know, sometimes it's all about the second half going forward. And speed's a category I'd love to add in pretty much all my leagues. Joined by Matt Modica from TheAthletic.com and with uh, still plenty of leagues where you can make decisions for the week, let's take a look at some two-star pitchers that some people might be debating this week. I I can't do it uh, because he sucks, but he does have Detroit in his first start, then the Cubs, it's Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, You know, he does sometimes pitch well against bad teams, uh, but I didn't even think to add him. Uh, Would you consider Ronaldo Lopez this week? Uh, I, my advice was I wasn't going to do it. The least I could see you doing it is if your ratios are pretty much beat up already and you basically just need volume and counting stats, I can get, I can get behind it in that way. That's really the only way. I mean, Lopez, I know from time to time is going to put up a really nice game, but it's, it's not a gamble I'm going to take. Yeah, I agree with you. That's what I do, too. Like, if I have a high ERA and whip and I know it's like, all right, you know, one bad start is just going to make it worse, then at that point you are. You're looking for volume. Maybe somehow by a miracle Mm -hmm. gets two wins. Maybe he gets 14Ks. But if you're doing well and your ERA and whip are pretty solid, which is very difficult in this environment, you don't want to mess around with a two-star guy like Ronaldo Lopez. No, that that you definitely don't want to do. And, you know, that'll probably cause more pain than any possible good. And pitchers have been causing us a lot of pain. I had a league where my ERA was pretty good. I had Ryu at Coors. Like, would you have – I know it's hindsight. Like, it's easy to say you should bench everyone at Coors. I couldn't bench Ryu at Coors in a 15-team league. Would you have done it? No, I would have played him and Bueller. You pretty much knew it was going to end bad for you. But it's one of those where you're just hoping – you know, it, it falls your way for that one day or, you know, there's an error that inning that you don't get charged with all the earned runs. Yeah, like Dakota Hudson the other day where he got hit but only <laughs> one earned run. But, yeah, I mean, also with Ryu, too, we know he's probably going to have a couple bad starts along the way. That That's the other way mm-hmm. to look at it. I mean, he's not going to continue to be this dominant. I mean, I hope he does. Is someone who has him in, like, four leagues. But reality is, yeah, there's going to be a, a couple bad starts along the way. Tyler Molly, an interesting two-start guy this week. He's been up and down. Now, his home road splits are kind of the opposite of what you thought. He actually has a good ERA at home and not good on the road, although he's pitched way more on the road this year. I think it's 27 innings at home uh, this year, and he gets two home starts this week uh, as well with, I believe, uh, Milwaukee, the first one. Uh, What about Tyler Molly this week? Yeah, no, the home road splits are pretty obvious there. It's a good call by you. I just, I, I know he's got the strikeouts this year uh, over a batter an inning, but as I said earlier, I don't trust that strikeout percentage. It's 24 and a half. He's only got an 8.9 swing strike percentage. So he's not getting people to chase. He's, his chase rate's below average as well. The one good thing is he does have a very good first pitch strike. I know some people don't really care for that stat. I think it's a correlating stat, not a predictive stat. But, you know, he's somebody I'm going to go in that Ronaldo Lopez way where if I just want the volume and hope to get, you know, 
that. Otherwise, I'm not starting him. I, I think it's I think it's too dangerous. I think this is the last week for the also break. You can always reset next week. I'm pretty sure you're everyone's pretty, starting Ross Stripling. He's home for Arizona and San Diego. I guess the mm-hmm. question is, how many innings does he go? Last start was three innings. I think it was about 60 pitches. So do you see him potentially reaching five innings tomorrow? Uh, maybe the pitch count goes to 80-85 and then maybe a little bit more later in the week? Yeah, no, it's definitely a risk. But I think it's one you have to take. Uh, you hope he gets the five innings in the first one. And going forward, you hope he kind of remains in this rotation. I have no idea what the Dodgers are going to do later on in the second half. We've seen them put uh, Kenta Maeda in the bullpen at times. Striplin has gone to the bullpen at times. Uh, I mean, Julio Yoris looks really good in the bullpen. I'm not sure they're going to move him out of that role. Yeah, and there could be more injuries on that Dodgers staff as Mm -hmm. well. So maybe Urias does get a shot, but he has pitched well. In that role, I've been holding on to him in a 15-team league uh, just in case. And, you know, worst-case scenario is you get a couple of injuries, you could plug him in, and maybe he goes, you know, three to six innings that week, get you eight to ten K. So there is some value there in deeper formats. Daniel Mengden with two starts this week, home to Minnesota at Seattle. How about him in a deeper format? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where maybe I take the gamble on an option. I'm really not a Mengden guy. I know there are times that he can provide you uh, some ratios. But he's another one I've never really, you know, I don't trust him. As good as he could be for a couple of stocks, he can give you that one stock that can really hurt you. So it's kind of an option-based thing, what you're feeling at that moment. I I couldn't just strongly uh, endorse him. Nick Pavetta, who came back from the minor leagues, looked pretty good, including a good start against the Dodgers, and has been a little bit shaky over his last few. He's at Atlanta, and that Atlanta lineup is tough, and then he's at the Mets. So is Pavetta someone that you like this week? I'm not going to say I like him, but I'm probably taking the taking the plunge here, especially in 15-team leagues. Look, like you said it correct. He came those first three starts. I thought it was, you know, what the, the guy figured it out, that the motion was exactly what he needed. But the last of these thoughts remind us why he got demoted. Uh, it is a tough matchup facing that Atlanta lineup. The Mets, I mean, for all the things that do have hitters that can hurt you. and uh, I'm, But I'm going to take the shot here. I'm going to hope for the upside, hope for the strikeouts. And Pavetta is in my lineups. Jack Flaherty has two starts, and I think most people locking him in, but he has disappointed. I mean, really, the home runs. He's like 1.9 homers per nine innings has really been a big issue. Is he someone, if you're in a season-long league, that you might buy low on because we saw his potential last year, or, or is this home run issue something that might stick around the entire season? Well, I mean, look, I was a strong supporter of Jack Flaherty. As you stated correctly, it's been very disappointing. Less than half his starts, he's gone six innings. Him, I think it's him, Darvish, Matt, and I forget who else, are tied for the NL lead with 18 home runs allowed. That said, this kid is talented. And if, uh, sometimes you just got to take a, a risk, take a chance on, you know, somebody you believed in prior to the season. So, yeah, I would explore that option, but this is a very big week for him. He's got a dream double dip, and if he doesn't execute this one, uh, I'm really going to be uh, very concerned. 
Are you swimming in the waters with the shark this week? Jeff Samartra at San Diego, home to St. Louis. I mean, it feels like every time you want to believe in the shark, he, he bites you badly. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, I've been off in the last couple of years. I, I, look, once upon a time, I was a big shark fan. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he's given up 14 runs over his last uh, 16 innings and three starts. The one silver lining I will say for people that do want to take the plunge into the shark waters is he does own a 2.44 ERA at Petco, 55 and a third career inning. So that helps you. Yeah, well, they do have a hot-hitting Manny Machado, Eric Cosmer, mm-hmm. uh, Fernando Tatis. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little bit of a different <laughs> team, man. I, I, don't think, I don't think people realize about Eric Cosmer, man, the year he's having. You know, I know a lot of it has been been lately. Uh, I have him in one league in Tout Wars, but Eric Hosmer's had a really good year. Yeah, I only think I have him in, like, one draft champions or something. I don't really own any shares of Hosmer. And I, I even tweeted that yesterday. He's, he was batting 304 with, like, 13 homers, 60 RBIs. Look, I mean, I, look, I know for, uh, Freddie Galvis now has 14 homers with his two on the day. So, I mean, the home run ball is becoming a joke in baseball. It's getting a little too ridiculous at that at this point. But uh yeah, look, you got Eric Hosmer, you got him at a good price, and he is producing. Yeah, you're right. You know, the home runs I'm not even looking at that. I mean the sixty RBI is impressive. He had sixty nine last mm-hmm. year, hundred and fifty games. He has sixteen eighty two. Three oh three oh two average. I mean, again, average nowadays, you're not finding many guys. Hitting that range, the Tower Wars is OVP, so three fifty four is solid. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not saying, oh, he's having this great all-star year. But like you said, no one was really paying for him. No one was mm-hmm. paying attention, and, and he's been productive. Uh, Logan Allen has a two-start week. Home to San Francisco, you love that. Then he's at the Dodgers, not the greatest. But uh, what about Logan Allen for this week? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Logan Allen this week. Uh you know, that first start, you're hoping he really capitalizes on it and the damage is limited versus the Dodgers. Uh, I know the Dodgers are very left-handed heavy, but still they can cause damage. The thing is with Allen, I missed on him in pretty much every week. Uh, the previous weekend in Fab, I had bids on him all over the place. But I, I thought he'd probably go under the radar. I was wrong. I got shut out on him. But I do think he could really stick in this rotation. And if Peck goes your home park, that's always a boost. It looks like Denelson Lamette's going to come back this week. How do you think mm-hmm. that affects the rotation? Do you think they go with a – I mean, obviously we have the All-Star break coming up, so that could change things. Do you think they go with a six-man for a while? I think maybe the first two weeks out of the break to finish off the month or whatever it is, the first two weeks, two, two and a half weeks of July when they return. And then they, you see where they're at on August 1st. And then set it up that way. It'll allow them to extend guys like Paddock, some other guys, Matt Strom. You know, he's coming from the bullpen, and he's never been uh, that healthy himself. And you got some younger guys in this rotation now. It's a really young uh, group of arms. So I do think for the first couple of weeks, they will employ that. Uh, two starts for Ariel Hirado of Texas, home to Anaheim at Minnesota. So not great matchups. And, uh, He's got a 3 9 ERA, but not many strikeouts. Thoughts on him for this two-start week? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't do it in one league. I am starting him, and that's what, uh, pretty much for the reasons I mentioned earlier. It's just a volume-based. I need to try and get, you know, 
some strikeouts, some possible win. And, you know, you, you have to roll some of these guys out. Everybody else I bid on, I missed out on. You know, he was fifth or sixth on the uh, conditional bid. <laughs> yeah, look, we're all in uh, in some leagues uh, where it doesn't all go well and we have some bad pitchers and we take a shot. Now, next mm-hmm. week going to be an interesting week of fab because we got the all-star break, so no two-star pitchers to stream. Uh, what is the strategy to utilize that fab period best? I think, you know, you got a time. I think you get a nice mental break and a chance to, you know, recalibrate in your mind and everything. What are the specifics that you need? If there's a guy you want to stash, there's a speculative reliever, now's the time to do it. Like, I got out of Obama this week. There's other guys I like, too. Don't wait for two more weeks. Do it now. And so that, you know, you can get them for pennies on the dollar and figure out what other, uh, you know, assets you could possibly do. You may have, now's the time to stash. Yes, in some leagues I'm able to do that. Unfortunately, NFBC auction we're in together, the team doesn't can't stash. It's basically on life mm-hmm. support. I will play it out. I never give up, but uh, it has been a nightmare season. You're doing well in that league, I think second place. So uh, good luck to you in that. Uh, one of my worst teams I've had in a while. So uh, yeah, that happens. Though. It, does. it does. It uh, does. When you play in multiple leagues, you're going to have a bad uh, league or two. <laughs> Matt, always good talking to you, and uh, we'll talk again soon. You got it. Thanks a lot, Adam. Have a good week. You too. That is Matt Modiga. Find him at theathletic.com. When we come back, one more hour to go. We'll talk NBA. More baseball and uh, latest news and lineups for the day. All ahead right here, full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.